Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium podcast. Head to thelegendarium.com for past episodes, for the calendar with future episodes, and for links to Discord, where you can join the discussion, and Patreon, where you can support the show if you would like to do that. I am your host, Craig Hanks, and with me today is Hank Philippi Ryan. Hank, how are you? I'm fine. I'm great. I'm in Boston. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful winter day, so all good. Oh, Boston. Okay. That's, uh, I, I'm going to be heading out there, I think, next summer in my quest to visit different baseball stadiums. So, uh, uh, Boston will... Park is the best. You oh, will man. have a marvelous time. It's quite wonderful. I it's have no doubt. And cozy, and there are things you need to know. So, call me before you come. Okay. All right. I'll take you up on that. Now, to introduce you to our audience, Hank uh, is the US to USA Today bestselling author of 14 psychological thrillers. Uh, 14, 15 psychological thrillers with the one coming out in February. Is that, or yes, that's going to be 16. What did you say? Well, it's 15 coming out in February. It's called that's One right. Wrong Word. And then I'm working on book 16, which I should be doing right now. <laughs> If there's if there's one thing I'm good for, it's assisting in procrastination. Uh, Thank you. So I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate that. Um, once I even decided I needed to alphabetize my spices because <laughs> I, I so much didn't want to work on the end of my novel. But it's just part of the process, this sort of step by step. I, I will confess to you because it's you. There was one day that I actually considered changing the shelf paper in my kitchen cabinets because I was putting off writing so much. <laughs> um, and then, I, this is it. And that's serious because nobody wants to do that. That is the worst possible chore. But once I get into writing, I adore my books. I love it. And after all these years, I understand my process very mm. well. So I know that procrastination is just means that the answers are just around the corner. That's yeah, that's right. Uh, absolutely. Um, I want to come back to this. Uh, you working on the end of an ending of your book, but I want to read some more of your bio because it, it's I have these and people are probably sick of me repeating myself. Uh, but I feel like there have been a half dozen of these in the last year or so where I have somebody on whose bio just makes me want to simultaneously work a lot harder in my life and also curl up in a corner and die. Because uh, <laughs> You've, you have now 15 psychological thrillers under your belt, but you're also uh, an on-air investigative reporter for WHDH in Boston. So you've won, for your writing, five Agathas, five Anthonys, and the coveted Mary Higgins Clark Award, along with, <clears throat> get ready to say this, 37 Emmys. <laughs> and a bunch of other journalism honors. So you know your way around telling a story. I think it's safe to say. I hope so. Uh, it's my joy in life. And that is exactly what journalism is, is telling a story that's important, that's entertaining, that's new, that's life-changing, uh, that's enlightening, that's thought-provoking and important. And so um, I've enjoyed, I've been a reporter for 43 years, if you can imagine. And it's all about telling a good story. That's when I uh, when I was working in college, I worked in a radio newsroom. That was my first exposure to local news, and it was wonderful. I absolutely adored it. Um, anyway, so you have a book that came out recently, The House Guest, that people can check out. And you also have something coming out in February called One Wrong Word. 
we're going to talk about that uh, at the end of this discussion. But we should get on to what we're here to discuss, which is endings and spoilers and how and why we enjoy them the way that we do. Uh, so let's see how to how to back into this. You gave it. <laughs> you gave a TED talk uh, about this subject, and it was I fired it up. And I, I was thinking to myself, I want to hear what she has to say so I can respond to it. But I got stopped. I, I paused it after about five seconds after you started talking because what you said is, uh, sometimes when I'm reading a story, I'll go to the last page first, or you know, the last chapter, I'll read the ending first uh, and then go back to the rest of the story. And I locked in on that word sometimes. So let's, Let's go super high level right now, and I want to get your take on when spoilers are okay, when they're not, and why you use that word sometimes. So how do you decide whether you're going to read the last bit first? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the key word in, in your question is spoiler. Mm. Because a spoiler, and I'm just kind of floating this, and I just sort of thought of this right now, a spoiler means you are spoiling it for someone else. Spoiling, ruining, telling the end of a story mm. to someone else. And I think that is just anathema. I would never, I would never give away the end of a story to someone else, nor, and I think it's also the middle and three quarters of the way through, and every single one of those carefully written, you know, pull it out of your brain twists that writers do, especially in psychological fiction like I write. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't give away anything to anyone else. And I am uh, frustrated and annoyed and disappointed and sad when I read reviews, for instance, of my novels, and they say, I'm making this up, this is not a spoiler. Wow, <laughs> I was so surprised on page 100 when she was acquitted. And I thought, what? I would think, what? Why would you say that? A spoiler is not just at the end. A spoiler is anything that is a pivotal moment in a novel um, that you tell someone else. Mm. So in the sense of sharing, what happens in a novel, I would never do that. And I would uh, defend to the death someone's um, not doing that. I just, I can't defend, I'm, this, I'm, I'm struggling for words here because I'm so angry. I would, I would never defend <laughs> someone telling someone else how it ends unless they want to know. So now we have a pivotal thing. So when I would never tell a spoiler and I would never reveal the end of something, but to myself, it's not a spoiler. If I find the ending for myself and tell myself, then I've made that decision. I would like to know the end. I would like to know how this ends before I read any more of it. And I can ask. I can talk a little bit more about that if you like. So, um, yeah, let's let's. I mean, does that make sense to you? That a spoiler. It does. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's it's an emotionally loaded word, right? Spoiler, as you've rightly pointed out. And so uh, maybe we need a better term for when we do this for ourselves. <laughs> what is it? There's a website. I think there's a website called doesthedogdie.com. <laughs> there is. Yes. Is that true? I mean, I've heard this. And uh, where you can, where, where because the suspense is so terrible, 
that you need to know that answer before you can calmly and peacefully and with joy read the rest of the book. You just have to know. Yeah, I guess maybe that's a, a rabbit we can chase for a little while. This idea of different stories call for different levels of mystery and suspense. So it does the dog die? People, some people need to know this because they're so emotionally attached to dogs that it would be really upsetting, you know, to watch John Wick or, oh, oh I'm sorry, did I give away the beginning of John Wick? Uh, it would be really upsetting to, to watch something where the dog dies. Uh, and so they go out and seek that information. Um, I, I'm also thinking of, say, horror movies or, or books for that matter, where you want to enjoy a story, but you find that suspense so terrible that if you just, if you know what's going to happen at the end, if you know who's going to die and who's going to survive and um, you know, whatever else is going to happen in that story, then you're able to maybe calm yourself more uh, through something like a horror story. I don't know. What, what do you I, think I, of this I, idea of I think different? You're completely, I think you're completely on the money about this. I think that's mm -hmm. exactly right. I think part of it is the sort of psychological understanding that there is a track of our brain that is so concerned with what's going to happen that we lose track of the actual being present in the story because our whole brain are focused on brains are focused on the end of what's going to happen and once we know that it releases that anxiety and we can just watch the movie almost no matter or or read the book almost no matter what happens it's okay whatever happens is fine i just just tell me so i can watch it with some enjoyment without mm. having, you know, the blanket over my head. <laughs> I can know. Again, I don't care what it is. I just want to know it. And I, and, I, and I think that's so wise of you because that is a release to be able to know the end. S some people don't want to know. And it's like, you know, it's, it's sort of analogous to some authors outline their novels and they know every, you know, Ken Follett and Jeffrey Deaver know every single thing of everything that's going to happen along the way. And then they write the book and those are plotters. And then there are the people who are pantsers who write by the seat of their pants, <laughs> like I do. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, Lee Child and Charlene Harris and so many other writers, D D Diana Gabaldon does it a whole different way. We all do it different ways. So I think we all write different ways and we may all read and watch different ways as well, depending on what our brains want and what, what works for us. Hmm. So let's, let's uh, put Hank under the microscope a little bit here. <laughs> Tell me about your preferences. What types of stories would you want to know uh, things about, you know, these pivotal moments or even the endings? What do you want? <sighs> Gosh. What do we have a better word yet than spoiled? Well, I, <laughs> what I, do you I, want given away and what would you never want to give away for yourself? I think that the that the key is that now that I have written almost 16 novels, mm. I, it is very difficult for me not to read a novel like a writer. It's more difficult for me to read a novel like a reader. I can't separate the part of my brain mm. that's deconstructing the book, that's editing the book, that's critiquing the book, that's thinking about story structure and character development and how this author created suspense and how they've laid clues. 
I'm reading it in a very critical, and by that I mean observational kind of way. So if I, it isn't spoiling it for me if I look and find the end, because that's revealing to me, that's educational to me. If I know, you know, just to put it this in the simplest of terms, if I know who done it in the end, then I can go back and read happily from the beginning and see how the author got us there, see what traps they laid or what tricks they laid um, or how they structured the story to keep it a surprise at the end and to keep it logical and reasonable and most important, fair, not just, you know, calling in the left-handed brother-in-law from Australia on page 385. <laughs> and if I know the end, then I can watch for that as I read. So it's not so much a spoiler as it actually is educational mm. and instructive to me to understand how that very good novelist did it. Um, so I wouldn't, like if you say to me, and don't you dare do it, if you say to me, do you want someone to read the end of your books first? I would say, no, 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 I <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I, you know, I do not encourage people to read the ends of books first. I'm just saying I do because I like to learn as I'm reading. I like to learn how the really great authors do it. And that's one way to do it. Well, this is a, I think this is a fine concept, this idea of um, when we have an issue like this, that's really fun for people to uh, debate on the internet. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Discord people. Oh, yeah. uh, people love to bicker about issues like this or, you know, don't get people started on subgenres and other flashpoints of fandom uh, when it comes to books and movies and whatnot. Anyway, um, but I love this idea of you're not, I, and I try to communicate this myself all the time. I'm not saying you have to do it this way or you should do it this way, but here's how I prefer to do it. And, you know, maybe it'll ring true for you and maybe it won't. Um, I mean, I know that some people read books twice and I... I was just going to ask you, do you? No. Okay. And, and I'm sure that I have. I'm certain I've read Ag some Agatha Christie's twice. I'm sure I've read some Stephen King's twice. I've probably read The Stand twice. I think I read a Mark Halperin Winter's Tale twice and some F. Scott Fitzgerald's. You know, I, I could name them. But generally, generally, I don't. And, and that brings up a, another really great point. So if I know the end and if I know what's going to happen, then I can see all the careful bricks that the, that the author laid, the foundation that they laid for this ending along the way. I can see um, the clues and the hints and the double meanings and who lied and what they really meant. That things that you would, you know, allusions and metaphors that you would never recognize if you, if you only read the book once because uh, because those that good writing has gone by. You, you didn't know all it encompassed until you got to the end. And by that time, it's gone from your brain. So if you know what to look for, the treasure hunt of reading a book is, is much more intense. It's much more in-depth. You see the things that the author clearly put in on purpose. And there's this moment as an author where, you know, where you think, and I certainly have thought this, 
nobody's ever going to notice this. Nobody's ever going to remember how cool this actually is, but I love this thing that's in here. So if, but if you read it, if you know the end, then you'll see those things, then you'll see those things. Yeah. It's when it comes to multiple readings, I think you're right on the money. Um, there are those, there are those who read widely and those who read deeply, you mm -hmm. know, and, and focus in on a certain subject. And I think there's a lot of value to both. I tend to be a rereader. I want to dive deep into something. And so, for instance, um, Drew McCaffrey from the Inking Out Loud podcast, he and I are doing a series right now on Matthew Stover, reading through his books. And we just read the second one and it absolutely devastated me. It was one of the heaviest, most emotional books I've ever read. And I could tell as I was going through it, this will be so much better on a reread because I, I won't be so distressed. Oh, oh uh, go on. Tell me more about that. Oh, I, it was uh, I, I'm not going to give away any plot points in the book, but let's just say. How did you the, know it would be better, richer, deeper, different the second time? How did you know? Well, for one thing, it's a huge book. So <laughs> when you're doing seven or eight hundred pages of, uh, of epic fantasy, and science fiction at the same time, then you're you're going to be missing details. Mm -hmm. As you say, you're talking about allusions and, and quotations and stuff that you might not catch on the first time. It's just wall to wall that stuff, right? This he's a very, very talented writer. And so his the the layers are many and they go deep. And I knew as I was going through it, oh, this is going to take more than one read for me to fully appreciate it. So when you when you read the last page first, so to speak, you know, when you know the ending going in, I think you're right. It can give you that second read first yes. kind of feeling like I'm I, I'm, I'm rereading something. But of course, you're not. Uh, well, I think it, when a book is really good uh, and propulsive and has a lot of forward motion and momentum, we often get caught up in just finding out what's going to happen. You know, mm, yeah. we just get caught up in plot and, and no author would not want you to do that. But uh, I, I, I can tell you, and here's another thing to talk about it exactly on those lines. I have people say to me, oh, I love your book. I read it in one day. And I think you did. <laughs> oh, okay. And, yep. and now I embrace that. I totally embrace that. There's no question about it. If so, I want you to miss your stop on the subway because you're reading my books. That's great. I write them that way. I, I want the story to move along. I don't want you to think, oh, maybe I have something else to do. Mm. So the idea that I can capture that, uh, the idea that I can capture a reader's attention like that, to be captivating is my complete goal. On the other hand, I think you just, you know, they wanted to find out what happened so much that you kind of skim. You can't really mm. read that quickly. And I know some people can, and we'll talk about this. And the Discord people will say, I can do that. And fine. Okay, good. <laughs> but to really read a book takes a little bit longer than that for most people. So although I am overjoyed when someone says, I read your book in one day, I know there are things they must have missed. Right. It's, it's at least going to raise your eyebrows. Um, I'm right. happy. I, I don't, I want to go on the record right now saying, yes, if you read my book in one day and you love it that much. Fabulous. If you stay up too late, good. I, I love it. I've got another one for you. But um, it we're talking about reading deep, as you're mm. talking, as you're saying, reading deep. And that's different than skimming for the plot. Right. 
And that's that's where I love rereading. Uh, it, it's why it's part of my style. Uh, and I I have restarted the Wheel of Time, as uh, some listeners will know, and it is pure pleasure to go back and reread this giant 15-book doorstopper series that uh, <laughs> is completely yeah. ridiculous. But it's, a, but it's pleasure for a lot of reasons. Anyway, but one of the things I love about knowing that I'm a rereader is that I... I feel like I get to have both experiences. I get to have the first read feeling and then I get to have the reread feeling where I, I'm understanding more of what's going on. But this it's um my my argument against knowing the ending going in is that it deprives you of that first read feeling um, where you can't you can't go back and experience something for the first time again. Uh, for those who, uh, anybody who watched the NBC show Chuck from 15 years ago or whatever it was, uh, I'll go ahead and give away one plot point from the, the final season. There is a character, I won't mention which one, who gets their memory wiped. And these are all a bunch of, you know, nerds. Uh, but he gets his memory wiped and the, the series ends basically with this character getting to re-experience for the first time all of his favorite things. Oh, you get to watch Indiana Jones for the first time and Star Wars for the first time. And it's, there's that fantasy of getting to experience your favorite stories for the first time. Well, we can't really do that, but we can at least give ourselves that first time once. Uh, and if I know the last plot, or if I know the plot going in, in some ways, I'm depriving myself of that first read feeling. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think you're absolutely 100% totally right. And there is nothing like that. And I, and I, I understand that joy. I mean, I remember seeing Star Wars for the first time, even when the credits started rolling at the beginning. When was it in 1976? And you'd never seen anything like that. And if you watch it again now, it seems primitive, you know, and so basic. And I can do that on my phone, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, and so, yes, that, that first time joy is, is absolutely wonderful. And I do think that sometimes as an author, you, I, I will just speak for myself, I have given that up a little bit. Um, I don't always read the end first. I don't always mm. do it. Some, it's just sometimes when the suspense just ratchets up so tightly and I think, just tell me what the end is and then I can, <laughs> then I can comfortably read the rest. Will but you do that? Producer who couldn't resist telling me endings. She just couldn't resist telling me the end. And we, that's why we were a great team. She would say, oh, I saw this great movie and I wish I could tell you the ending. And I say, yeah, it's fine. Just, just tell just me. Just go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> well, actually that, that brings up a, a point that I've made a few times that there's this, this fear, this online fear of spoilers. People will get really upset if you share, you know, some plot point. And, they are often correct to be upset about things. But sometimes it's like, uh, let, let's use the safe example and say, uh, uh, you're spoiling that that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Okay. If you didn't know that, I, I guess I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> let's say, okay. So, th this. so that's, that's your plot point. And if I have never heard of Star Wars before and somebody says Darth Vader's Luke's father, 
you've spoiled it, but without any context, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, and if I don't immediately watch the show and figure out what those characters names are, then it's going to go in one ear and out the other. You're going to forget if you don't have enough context, then, then you're not going to retain that information. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I, but I do think that often online, um, the spoilers are given in the context of someone, you know, in a list of reviews of a certain book. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. The person hasn't read or is about to leave a review themselves. And I, I wonder, you know, what is the emotion uh, that drives someone to deprive another reader of the joy that you're talking about of being having that first time read event. I mean, even when they cast it from the, in, in the sense of, um, oh, I figured out it was the butler from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what? Why would you do that? Why, why don't you just say, I figured it out without I mean, spelling even it out? Even that is, is distressing because mm. it, it's very um, belittling of the book and someone else may not have figured it out and is a review for you to say, I'm so smart. I, I just, and even if it's not giving away the end to give away the middle twist or, mm. you know, when the book changes and when the book flips to another point of view in the middle and you see what really happened, that's every reader after that is going to be reading for the middle now to see if they can figure out what happens in the middle. We can talk about how um, how you feel about when a book is promoted even by saying, you know, hashtag that ending or hashtag mm. big twist. And I think, don't, don't tell me there's a twist in the ending. You know, don't tell me there's a twist in the middle because then I'll be reading for the twist. I know I, I, I heard an interview with Sally Field, you know, Sally Field, the actor, who was so marvelous in Norma Ray and so many other things. Um, and she said that she didn't, she didn't like to know, and this is interesting, she didn't like to know the ending of the scripts of the films she was working on until she got to it because she called it, she couldn't avoid playing to the end that every bit mm. of her acting in early in the film would sort of foreshadow this ending that, she wasn't supposed to know because it was real life in the film. And I think that's, I think that's sometimes what, hap what happens with spoilers um, in reviews as well. You know, then you're reading for the end. And again, reading as a reader and reading as a writer, and that's what we're sort of talking about now. I'm reading as a writer. That's a different thing, I, different rules altogether. Reading as a reader is very different. Yeah. So you've, brought up something that it, it jogged something loose in my mind and that's what is fair in a review okay so on the extreme end and there are times when i have felt this way uh, but they are few and far between and very specific but there's an argument that you could make that somebody saying i liked x is a spoiler I don't think that that's usually true, but for example, listeners uh, would would know that if I'm talking to Ryan, my regular co-host, and and there's a new Star Wars show or movie coming out, 
and we're both so excited about it. I don't want to know what he thinks until I've seen it, okay. right? Because I because I respect his opinion, and uh, and I I'm it's going to color the way that I uh, participate in that media. Um, so I, I don't mean to say that that's never wrong, but you know, like I said, few and far between very specific cases where I don't even want to know if somebody liked it, but it, it brings up this idea of when you're reviewing something, when you're writing it or you're seeking out reviews, what do you see Hank as inbounds or out of bounds when you're talking about a, you know, a review? And when it comes to plot points and characters. And yeah, all I hope you don't get me in trouble here. This is like this, <laughs> this is risky territory. This is a tightrope I'm going to walk. I think that, you know, all of us who grew up going to school, if we were lucky enough to have that happen, wrote book reports. Mm. And we learned to write a book report, which is sort of essentially a synopsis of what happened in the book. And we were all taught to say, well, I don't know, I did the shortcut all the time of, if you want to know what happens in the end of Black Beauty, read Black Beauty, you know, word three, four, five, six, to keep my word count. But we were taught to tell a synopsis of the book. It was a way for teachers to help us understand what the structure of a story was. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I don't think that's what a review is. A review is not a synopsis of the novel. If I want to know what happens in a book, let me just read the book. If you tell me everything that happens from beginning to end and leave out the end, that is fine. You've just told me the whole book. Why would I, why do I, I don't want to read the whole synopsis. So I think it, it's, um, you know, just using this quickly, my book, The House Guest, is about greed, divorce, betrayal, empowerment, and revenge. Now you don't, know what the book is from that, but you get a sense of what the themes in the book are. If I say two strong women face off in a high stakes psychological cat and mouse game to prove their truth about a devastating betrayal. It's a cat and mouse game book. Two strong women are in it. It's, there's a devastating betrayal, but you don't know the story, but you'll know if you like the book. Mm. So, uh, I think you can talk about themes. I think you can talk about whether you liked it. Um, but I, the only thing I think is off the table altogether is obviously spoilers. And I mean, not just the end, but throughout anything that happens that's a major plot point, I, I wouldn't tell. Um, I, I do care how people feel about the book. If they, if, if they couldn't put it down, if it was a page turner, if it was surprising, if it was twisty, if it was unique, if it was original, if it had great world building, if it was fast paced, if it had unique characters, just say that. That's fantastic. You don't, it's not a book report. It's not a book report. Mm -hmm. Say what you liked or, I hate to say this, what you, what you didn't like. <laughs> Uh, it was there no, no such thing when people read your books, I'm sure. No, of course not. Never, never yeah. seen that. But, you know, too many characters. Um, I've never written an amnesia book, but like somebody might say, mm. I don't like amnesia books. Forgive me, amnesia book people. I love amnesia books. I'm just saying, you can say, I don't like amnesia books. If it says on the cover that it's about amnesia, mm. but if it doesn't say on the cover of the book that it's about amnesia, don't go there. I mean, 
it seems logical to me. What do you think? It seems no. I think I'm with you there. It's uh, I, I've never thought of it with that uh, clarity. A review is not a book report. That's that's a perfect distillation. I think of the concept. This isn't a book report. It's a it's almost how would I put it an experience report? Yes, how was I love your that. experience with an it? experience report. I love that. That's great. Yeah. If you write, this is the best fantasy about a portal to another time that I've ever read. Great. You don't need to know much more than that. Right. Okay. All right. So last, lastly, on this subject, let's get down to brass tacks. Okay. You pick up a book off your shelf or at the bookstore and you decide at some point, maybe before you open it, maybe you're a third of the way through and you just need to know what's going on. And so I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what the plot is. I'm going to spoil myself for lack of a better term. Uh, how do you do it? How do you, how do you do it? Do you go online, go to Wikipedia and pull up the synopsis section for the story? Or do you turn to the end and read the last chapter? How do you go about, um, yeah, finding out the end of the story. Oh, I never thought about going to Wikipedia and looking up the synopsis. I never thought about that. <laughs> That'd be fast. No, I, um, <laughs> I've never done that. And I wouldn't do that. I don't think because the point is to see how the writer, and I've never answered this question or been asked it to so let me just think about it for a second. Hmm. I would re have the book book, the physical book, and just read the last two chapters. I mean, if I read the last page, you don't really know. From the last page, you might know who's dead or alive, but you wouldn't know how that end emerged. So I'm going to, I'm just going to turn to the read the last two chapters and mm. find out the end emerged. I mean, I, I, let me just put it this way. I'm so anti-spoiler that I have asked my publishers <laughs> to put my acknowledgments at the end of my books. So that, oh, interesting. Because if you read the acknowledgments first and it says, you know, thank you so much, Dr. Schmo, for all your help on, you know, um, arsenic. Understanding poisoning. cancer or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you think, oh, it's about arsenic poisoning. And, and you give that away. So, you know, or thanks to all the, thanks to everyone mm. at the Long Island Railroad for their, you know, in, interest in time in uh, scheduling. Uh, no, don't put that. So I even put the acknowledgments at the end. But... There are a couple of reasons that I would read the end first, go to the last two chapters first. Um, one is because because it's just such a good suspenseful book that I just can't stand it, and I have to find and my and one track of my brain is constantly one track of my brain has realized that I am reading it too fast, and I am reading mm. the story and skipping the good writing. And I don't want to skip the good writing. I don't want to skip the structure. I don't want to skip all that imagination. I want to be in it. So I just look and see what the end is. And then I go back and then I can just relax uh, and enjoy it. That's that's basically the reason I mm. do it. So it, it's, it's strangely, it might be that the better the book, the more likely I am to look at the end. But as everything, that's not always true. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Hank, you've really um, disappointed me today <laughs> because I expected to come into this episode, uh, you know, guns a-blazing, uh, debating this point, and instead uh, we're in violent agreement about so much of this. <laughs> so, I love that. I love that. Uh, 
And, so, and, and again, you know, for your huge audience out there, and I and thank you all for listening. It's just been great. This has been a marvelous conversation. Um, I would never tell someone the ending or the middle or any twist of any book. I would never tell. And I really hope you don't either, unless someone says, please, please tell me. Other than that, off limits. Do you there agree? you go. I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I think uh we can get overly upset about spoilers uh because we get overly upset about everything on the internet that's kind of our job isn't it we're right we're writers we're overly upset <laughs> that's right we so we can get overly upset but that doesn't mean that it's not something that you can get upset about to some degree i i i think i'm with you that spoilers don't spoil somebody else's journey just don't do it well just from the writer's point of view from the author's point of view think about how long it took that author mm. to wrench that story out of their brain it took it might have taken it might have taken a year or more and then the edits and the tweaks and the polishing and the rereads and then someone just tells you know don't don't do that don't yeah. do that it's uh, when i signed up as a beta reader for brandon sanderson the first and only lecture I got was about somebody who had spoiled a, a beta reader who had spoiled the book for the entire fan base years before and, you know, got a very stern, a, a pre finger wagging talking to about that. So <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's just not nice. Um, all right, Hank, before I let you go, I do want to ask about your upcoming book. So you have one uh, coming out in February 2024, if I remember what I read correctly. It's called One Wrong Word. Look, I and cover. there you go. It's just there, oh. that I can make a book face. Those of you who have <laughs> audio won't know this, but half of my face is me and half of, my, half of it is the book cover, One Wrong Word which is very disturbing actually looking, isn't it? Um, it's, uh, it's about a crisis management expert who has to solve a crisis of her own when she is accused of doing something uh, that she would never have done. And yet it's about to affect her career. So she's given one last assignment to clean up the reputation of someone who is acquitted in a vehicular homicide accident, but the court of public opinion will not let him go. The problem is, is she actually, in doing this, is she actually protecting a murderer? So it's about the power of language and the power of persuasion and the power of words and the power of spin and how one wrong word can ruin your life. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you do an elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. So it's called it's called One Wrong Word. It's coming out in February, and I hope everybody uh, considers grabbing a copy. But you know, if you like the type of story that you're hearing about, grab a copy. And well, you when like, you do, if you like Lisa Jewell, if you like Lisa Unger, if you like Lisa hmm. Scottolini, all the Lisas, it's that kind of. As I said, I want you to miss <laughs> your stop on the subway because you're reading the book. And th and thank you. No pressure you all it's just my career <laughs> is that I, that's all right you you know you've got uh, i'm looking behind you and you've got those 37 emmys to keep you warm if you need them so yes I uh, <laughs> that's fabulous all right so one wrong word please go check it out uh and speaking of february 2024 i'll just remind everybody if you are listening to this before february 23rd 
then you still have time to come out to Utah for our 10th anniversary celebration and meetup. Uh, so you can get more details at thelegendarium.com. Please do so. And also make sure you go into the show notes for this episode where I will have links to Hank's website and of course to One Wrong Word. So you can pre-order that. Uh, and please do it. If you're intrigued by it, pre-orders are huge for authors. And so uh, if you are intrigued and it hasn't come out yet, go ahead and uh, fork it over early so that uh, we can get those pre-order numbers up. And uh, Hank, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day for this discussion. I really appreciate it. Well, I have to tell you, you said you were disappointed, which makes me so happy. I have to tell you <laughs> that I was absolutely terrified. Um, and you have made me be, made me be less terrified. So thank you. Oh, uh, you're welcome. I, uh, I'm apparently a terrible horror story in myself in that way, then I, I'll, I'll work on that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next time. <laughs>